Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Well, hello, everybody. We are into round two of this Church in the Basement podcast. It's good to be with you on a Tuesday, even in the midst of this shelter-in-place order that we are still in. Uh, It makes me think of maybe some well-known movies, really dramatic, like Panic Room with Jodie Foster, where it's all shot within this house that they just bought, right? And she has this panic room in case something bad happens, and she's stuck in her house, and there are these guys who come in, and you're stuck at home, right? But you don't have people breaking into your home, hopefully, Lord willing, that is not your situation, So maybe the James Franco film where he gets his arms stuck in a rock, right? And most of the film is filmed in one place because he's stuck in one place, right? He's stuck. Moral of the story, don't hike alone. Always take a buddy, buddy system. But we can also glean from situations like this or movies like that, this idea that we as human beings don't like being stuck in one place. We don't like being stuck in one place mentally. We don't like being stuck in one place physically. We don't like being stuck in one place spiritually either. And we just don't like to be waiting and stagnant. It's something that we do not enjoy as human beings. Most of us like movement forward. And I think it's because we were created that way that we were created to move forward. But a lot of us are stuck at home right now, right? And I've heard that through this time in checking in with people, we are going a little stir crazy. And some of us, most of us are getting a little weird. That's just the nature of it. Uh, A lot of us are spending more time with Jesus though, a lot more time in prayer I've heard. And we're seeing the outcome of that on social media platforms. A lot of you guys are going out encouraging others, checking in with others in a way that maybe we hadn't in the first place. And that's really what I want to talk about today is this idea of how do we do community even in the midst of this shelter-in-place order? How do we live out being the church in the midst of a shelter-in-place order? For those of you who know my wife and I, Kim and I, very well, uh, you know this text, Acts 2, 42 through 47, is something that we have seen such value in, and it's a space that we've really tried to cultivate in our lives in every way, shape, and form. And this comes from a place in my past where I heard the Great Commission. I heard Jesus say in Matthew, hey, all power and authority has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what I have taught you and what I have commanded you, and don't worry, I'll be with you until the end of the age. When I hear that, and I hear the word discipleship, at one point in my life, I thought that all rested on one individual, and that individual was called a mentor. But then we went, and we were a part of this mission a part of this community, this intentional community down in Argentina. And what we found there is there's this powerful thing that happens in the midst of community, intentional community, and it's called discipleship. We couldn't hide our crap from people and others couldn't hide their crap from us. 
And yes, it's important to go and recluse sometimes and to be alone. Jesus was alone with the Father quite frequently. But there's this element of being connected to a community that is so important. Because looking back on it, I couldn't pin it on any one person. I couldn't pin it on the leadership of the ministry. I couldn't pin it on any one individual that lived in the house. What I credit it to is the Spirit of God working through the context of community to disciple, to refine, either through conflict resolution, giving each other feedback, encouraging one another in the mission of God that we were trying to accomplish, seeing people encounter the love of Jesus and experience him and hear the good news about what Jesus has done for us and his work on the cross to renew our relationship or, or to reunite us with himself so we can live our fullest life, right? So through that context, we were truly discipled. And I found, man, mentorship is so valuable. And if you're in a mentor or mentee relationship, that is powerful. I would ride that wave as long as you can. And I say it that way because life happens and we can't have this expectation that there are always going to be people in our life always constantly. We live in a day and age where we can always stay connected, but maybe the emphasis on that relationship and, and how God's going to use that relationship may change over time. But you, if you are in that season of your life where you have a great mentor and you are a mentee or vice versa, man, that is a powerful relationship. And God would use that relationship and refine you, renew you, and that you would be discipled. Um, both sides would be discipled and be discipling because it's something that we're called to do. We're called to be a part of both sides of that. But what God does through community is truly powerful. And that's why Kim and I have structured our lives and, and pursued a lifestyle that cultivates community and what God can do in and through the context of community. And so Acts 2, 42 through 47 is really important to us. And I'm going to read it to you here. Uh, so we're all on the same page here. So Acts 2, 42 through 47. And just to give you a little bit of context here, the disciples and several of Jesus's family members were waiting in an upper room. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They went out. Peter shared the gospel. Uh, go and read the story. It's amazing. Peter shared the gospel People heard the gospel, received the Holy Spirit as well. And this is the outcome of hearing the gospel and, and receiving the Holy Spirit. It says in 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and, and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So incredible to hear what this group of believers were doing, were experiencing, how they really leaned into one another as they grew together in Christ, right? But how do we do this in a shelter-in-place context? How do we do this 
in a day and age because of the coronavirus, because we're trying to be a part of the process that keeps this from hurting or, or killing more people, how do we live out a lifestyle of the church, a lifestyle of walking in the way of Jesus? So we're going to break this down verse by verse. Uh, starting in 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So the first half of this is pretty straightforward, right? We have so many resources online on how to how to study scripture on our own, to feed us. I'm doing air quotations to feed us, but we have the word of God. We have study guides. You can go online and there are great resources all over uh, the internet. But the approach is so important. As you approach these teachings that you find, we have to know and understand that the word of God is the filter in which we run any of these teachings, anything that we hear from any man, that it needs to run through the truth and be credited by the Spirit of God. That we don't just take anyone's word for it, my word included, but we take it to the Word of God and we check it with Scripture, and that is how we find the truth. Yes, we can go to various different teachers, but it's the teaching, the truth of Scripture, and the Spirit of God that really truth takes root in our life and is applied in our life. So when we cling to the apostles' teachings or devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings, we have a lot of resources online, but we have to go through it prayerfully with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God. My encouragement is listen to a sermon, reread the text, ask the Holy Spirit good questions, give yourself time. And give the Holy Spirit time to solidify those things in your heart and in your mind. And don't go at it with just taking one person's word for it. My prayer is constantly, God, would you help me to experience this text? Would you help me to understand it more fully? And there are a lot of varying opinions on uh, different texts and different areas of the Bible. There are different camps, you could even call them, on certain concepts and ideas in Scripture. And I listen to them all, and then I bring them the Spirit of God, and I say, God, would you teach me? Would you teach me? Would you be a part of this process? Would it not just be me, a man, going to other men to hear what they have to say, but I want to be taught by the Spirit of God? Would you help me with my finite mind? That is just my encouragement as you seek out teachings and to be fed. That is my encouragement as you head out on the internet to learn scripture that the opinions and the perspectives of man is laced in there and we have to weed through it. And the fellowship, this is hard because this is the part where it's the being together. So we're going to come back to that in just a moment because there's a text that says, and they had all things in common. So we'll touch on the fellowship. We're going to come back to that. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. So the breaking of bread, I know a lot of you may read that and go, oh, well, so this is having meals with one another. And I'm actually in the middle of a book called A Meal with Jesus that is talking about the value of sharing a meal with somebody. And that used to be something very, very sacred. But in our fast food culture, we sort of tend to devalue what what it means to share a meal with somebody. But this is actually, when it says the breaking of bread, it's talking about communion. 
It's talking about the remembrance of the cross. It's talking about the remembrance of the bread, which is the body of Christ that was broken instead of your body, fulfilling the justice that needed to be served because of our sin and the blood, the blood that was spilt. His body was broken. His blood was spilt. So that blood that came from his body being broken is what now washes us clean and makes us holy so that we can be in the presence of a holy God. And as we receive that gift of his death and we enter into his resurrection, we are filled with the spirit and we walk into the new life that God has provided through his work on the cross. That is the gospel. And so it's remembering the gospel. It's remembering the work of the cross. It's remembering what Jesus has done for us. And the prayers. A lot of us view prayer in a lot of different ways, but really at its base is what is prayer? It's communicating with God. And so to me, the way I see this playing out is, yes, share your heart, share your mind. If that's easier for you to share it out loud or in your head and in your heart, for me, it's easier to share out loud at times. And other times I share things with God and I have conversations with him in my heart and in my mind. But I think as we pray, it's important to listen as well. It's important to come into a place and quiet yourself and listen to God, either through his word or just spending time in silence and solitude to hear him and to just be in his presence. Jesus practiced this all the time. We see evidence of it all throughout the gospel that he stole away to pray. And so we see the elements that we've touched on, uh, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teachings, that spending time in the word, learning the truth, learning more about who God is. The Bible is not, uh, uh, this is what you should be doing, but this is who God is and what he has done for you. And as we hear that message and receive that message, we then are transformed and our lives look different and the things that we do become different if we hear and receive that message. And we need the Spirit's help in, in hearing the word. And then we see the breaking of bread, remembering what Christ has done on the cross. His work on the cross is the key to it all. And then to pray, to spend time in his presence. So the one we missed was the fellowship. And so as, as we see in 43, it says, and, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. I want to encourage through this that many of us go to church seeking signs and wonders. Many of us go to church seeking signs and wonders thinking, man, if someone would only lay their hands on me or God is only present in a church, God is capable of performing miracles whether you are stuck at home or whether you are out on the street, whether you are in a church or whether you are in the grocery store, whether you are at work or at the gym, no matter where you are, Jesus is capable and his spirit is capable of performing miracles. And we have to remember that no matter where we're at. Right now, I'm seeing miracles happen in the hearts and the minds of my daughters. 
that my daughter the other day, and I don't know when this turning point is going to happen in her heart or in her mind, but the other day she wanted to pray and ask Jesus into her heart and into her life. She is three years old. I don't know how much she, she understands that, but I'm not going to discredit that moment. To me, that is a miracle. As a house, because my wife and I, like I said, we, we fully encompass the community lifestyle. We live in a house of 10 people. We have had an opportunity to bond and spend time with one another that we haven't been able to have when we are all in a normal schedule and we get very little time together. God is performing miracles at my house. He's performing miracles in my heart and in my mind and in my marriage. Kim and I have had an opportunity to talk through some things that because of the usual schedule, we're just caught up in the schedule and we don't normally have time to talk about these things. And we've had time to talk about them and process through them. And it's enriched my marriage. Um, God is performing miracles even when we are stuck at home. And God can perform miracles right there in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever you are. He will and he can perform miracles in your life. And sometimes they don't look like an arm growing back. I always come back to the greatest miracle that God performed is and is performing is in Ephesians 2, where it says we were necros, we were dead. And, and God brings dead people back to life all the time when people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is a miracle. And that can happen through online platforms, through whatever community you're a part of, through gaming, on social media, as you're doing Zoom meetings with friends. You know, you could start a, a online D&D group, all these different platforms where you can still spend time with people and share the love of Jesus. And miracles can happen through those relationships. Moving on to verse 44, uh, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So this goes back to the fellowship. They were together and had all things in common. I think it's so important in this time. Uh, I'm really bad at texting. It's been pointed out to me even in this time that I'm, I'm a terrible texter. I really try to stay on top of it. But we can ramp up our communication in this time. Even as we're sitting at home, we have so many tools at our disposal, whether it's social media, whether it's our cell phones. We've got these little computers in our pocket that are mainly based around communication. We have an opportunity to be prayerful throughout the day. God, who would you have me reach out to today? Who is really needing an encouragement? In our time of prayer, we could be asking God, how can I be together with the community I'm a part of? So if you're a part of the encounter community, who are the people that you've been thinking about that you haven't had a chance to spend time with? Who are the people who, who God is laying on your heart? Would you just send them a text? Would you say, hey, what's up? How are you going? How are you processing this stuff? And I've seen a lot of you doing a great job in this way, just using the tools at our disposal to be together. And I would also say on the reverse side, if you are hurting, if you are going through something, if you're having a hard time processing this, would you be bold and ask somebody for help? Ask somebody for prayer. Ask, just reach out to somebody and just share. I've been getting phone calls and texts throughout my week. Hey, I'm really struggling right now. This is an issue. Will you pray for me? 
I want to be a part of that phone call. I want to be a part of that text. I want to help in any way that I can. And we have to understand, I can't just rush over to your house and be with you in that moment. But I can be with you in the sense that you are on my mind and you are on my heart. So this is attainable. This is possible, even within this shelter-in-place order, that we can be together, maybe not in a physical sense, but more in a mental, spiritual sense, that we can be there with each other and for one another. It says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. So when I read this, I immediately think of someone in our house who got on Facebook yesterday and started a fundraiser for the Union Gospel Mission and in the last 24 hours has raised $500. As needs come up, it's easy enough using her as the example, setting up that fundraiser, raising $500 in the last 24 hours. We can still do this in the midst of COVID-19 and this pandemic and being at home. It's all still possible. It looks a little different, but it's all still possible. It says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. We've talked about those other things, attending the temple. I think the temple now is really this place of coming and being in the presence of God. Um, in whatever way you can. And I think attending the temple together would be, hey, if God has given you this profound word in the time that you're spending with him, something that is not just valuable for you, but maybe valuable for others and the edification of the church, man, get on a social media platform or text a friend and be like, hey, I heard this today. I want to encourage you with it. Let me tell you what God said. And then, and then we see the breaking of the bread and also to receive food with glad and generous hearts. I think it's still important to think about what we are thankful for in the midst of this. Many of us are at home. I think within that sentence, we even have stuff to be thankful for, that we have a home. If we're sitting down to a meal, we have a meal. If you have people texting you and checking in on you, you have people who love you. And I think all of us have spent time checking in on family members and having family members check in on us. I think it's so important to remember that we have so much to be thankful for. It says, with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to close with this. I want to invite any of you who are feeling lonely. Would you reach out to somebody? Would you give somebody the opportunity to come alongside you, to help you, to support you, to encourage you? And if you don't feel that bold to be able to ask somebody for help, would you ask God and his spirit to reveal himself to you? There is a God who loves you. There is a God who created you. There is a God who purposed your life. And he loves you enough that he would send his only son to die on the cross so that you don't have to experience death, sin, shame, guilt, but instead you can live by the power of his spirit. I talked about Matthew 28, where it says, All power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is something for those of you who know Jesus. 
this is still our calling in the midst of everything going on that we are called to make disciples and we have tons of tools at our disposal and we've walked through how we can still walk in the way of Jesus. But for those of you who are struggling, who are having a hard time walking through this time, either with anxiety or whatever it may be, plans for the future, expectations, it's hard to live day by day, it's hard to be in our house, I want to encourage you with how that text ends. It says, do not worry for I will be with you always until the end of the age. God offers himself to us as our comfort, as our help, as our shield, as our reward. And he promises that he will produce things that we are incapable of experiencing without him. He is our prize. And with him as our prize, we can still operate as a community. We can still be the church and walk in the way of Jesus, even in the midst of COVID-19. Hey, be blessed. I love you guys. And we'll talk again on Friday.